Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Morning, everybody. Crappy Mondays is getting my caffeine fix for the day. Welcome to the news agenda with me, Fleet Street Fox. And today I'm joined by the Mirror's political correspondent, Aletha Adu. Morning, Aletha. Morning, Susie. How are you? Fine, thank you very much. Live from our Westminster office there. Hopefully the ball band will hold. <laughs> now, this is the People's Pay-Per-View, so get into the comments. Ask us your questions. The best ones do get answered live on air. Those of you listening later on podcast, I'm afraid you can't do that. You're just going to have to open a window and scream at a passerby. So what have we got today? Well, the mirror has splashed on an exclusive new poll which shows that 10% of those asked said they were already choosing between food and warmth. Now, if that figure is true of the entire nation, it means that 5.3 million people are wondering whether they need to go hungry uh, in order to put the heating on. So, Aletha, can you take us through this survey? Is it really as bad as all that? Yes, well, since Rishi Sunak issued his disastrous spring statement towards the end of last month, I mean, we've heard that Brits are in for the worst fall in living standards in the last 50 years. We're going to see Brits, as many as, you know, 1.3 million plunged into absolute poverty. That includes half a million children. And now our exclusive survey is revealing that around 5.3 million adults are having to choose between heating and eating. I think it's important for us to remember it's still quite cold outside. It's April and you might be thinking, well, we're going into summer, so it doesn't really matter. But um, we heard from gas um, energy bosses um, in the Commons last week um, highlighting the fact that many Brits haven't even seen the increase in their bills just yet. We might be seeing bills skyrocketing you know, per month by more than £2,000. Not every household has you know, spare cash, you know, some savings lying around. And it's just awful that this is the United Kingdom, it's 2022, and people are making such harsh decisions at the moment. Um, what is quite striking, Susie, is that um, a number of papers have been briefed that Boris Johnson has been asking his number 10 officials to come up with, you know, some more plans to tackle this cost of living crisis. But We've been hearing about these warnings since you know, September last year. We haven't heard anything since Rishi launched that statement. And apparently Rishi's got this master plan to issue some more help to families just before October when things are going to get even worse. But what are people supposed to be doing in the meantime? Exactly. And it's not just a case of heating, we need to remember, that you know people who are using... Uh, oil and gas uh, electricity to heat their homes are also using that pr pretty much to heat their hot water and that is something mm. you do still need during the summer months I mean, it's clear from this survey though why people are starting to talk about a recession it shows that there's a third of people buying fewer clothes there's a third not buying 
takeaways or not driving as much and about a quarter not having nights out that has a knock-on effect of course on all the other parts of the economy um and so you know get into the questions everybody ask tell us what you think are you having to choose between heating and eating do you think it's fine have you noticed the cutback so far the top case study on that page is a lady whose heating bill has gone from about 60 quid a month to 150 now if you can afford 150 that doesn't matter but seeing as she was budgeting for 60 it's pretty bad the bottom case study in there is someone whose energy supply went bust she got moved to shell energy and suddenly um shell energy was saying that she needed to pay 900 pounds a month uh in advance as direct debit and it was only when the mirror got involved and spoke to shell that they said there was a problem with the meter and her bill came right down and she found out she was actually 700 quid in credit so if you've had to switch to an energy supplier and found that they've put your bills up make sure they check your meter and make sure that it is definitely accurate because there are some people getting some astonishing bills coming through. Um, Colin says, good morning, Colin. The Tories don't care. Even the Chancellor rubs our noses in it with heating a massive swimming pool. It's his money, yes. Well, it's his wife's money. But in a time of financial crisis for millions, it's grotesque. It is a bit tinnied. I'll give you that, Colin. Um, mm. But, you know, people are going to say, aren't they, Lee? This is April. The weather's been dry. It's fairly sunny. It's going to get warmer over the summer months. But that energy price gap is expected to rise in October. Yeah. War in Ukraine is expected to carry on at least to the end of the year. Yeah. Boris Johnson still doesn't have any solutions to the post-Brexit trade problems at the border. All of those things are what's feeding into putting prices up. So is this going to get worse or are we being just too pessimistic and left-wing conspiracy theorists? <laughs> Definitely not left-wing conspiracy theorists, Susie. I think what's quite worrying at the moment in British politics is that we have a prime minister that's too busy trying to save his own skin and avoid all of these investigations happening instead of actually trying to, in his words, you know, help British people do what he's been elected to do. And that is to not allow 1.3 million people to be plunged into absolute poverty as of 2022 it feels like we're you know going back into the 1800s um it's awful yes things are set to increase from october this year um, and the price cap will increase once more um there's just no plans there's just no plan there had been no plan for when bills increased at the start of this month council tax increase not just energy bills You've got national insurance that skyrocketed as well um, things are only going to get worse and it's really quite worrying times to be honest. Yeah now Jennifer says there my council tax was £165 a month. Lucky you Jennifer. Uh, no, mine's more than that. Now it's 395 If we go direct debit we've had to have it come out of our benefit it's still a lot. Well it's, it's more than double, mm. it's double what you're paying almost Jennifer uh, and from paying less than what I'm paying you're now paying more than what I'm paying uh, and it's coming out of benefits. That means, you you know, you've got, really got to cut back hard. And Mike says, I bought a generator. I'm going to fit solar panels and run LED lights. I'd love to fit some solar panels. Do you know what, Ellie? I've got a lovely south-facing roof. I'd, mm. I, it, would, it would keep the electricity on, no problem. But I don't have 20 grand. So exactly. I can't do it. Is there anything that the government's doing? Because this is one of the things that... Um, Theresa May cut was that she there was subsidies for if you had solar panels and you created enough electricity that's more for your house it fed back into the grid and you got paid these feed-in tariffs which were very generous and it meant that you got the cost of your solar panels back in maybe 10 years 
because they're paying you like 40 pence a unit or something. And now it's come down under Theresa May to about four pence a unit. So it's just, it seems to have stopped people. Uh, that subsidy was helping people get solar panels. And now they seem to have stopped that entirely. Uh, now, I'm told that Aletha's connection has just dropped, so I've asked you a question. I'm going to have to answer it myself almost. But help me out, everybody, if you're watching this. What do you think about um, the solar panels and the feed-in tariffs? Do you think there's more the government could be doing? It'd be great if we could all have solar panels, wouldn't it? But I don't think that's going to be happening anytime soon. Susan says, good morning, Susan. I'm so worried for what the future holds. I'm single, I'm living on my own, and everything's just going through the roof. It's another problem, of course. People who live single adults like me and Susan, your council tax, you actually pay, you only you pay sort of 75% of a bill that people would normally be splitting between two people. So uh, if there's a couple in a house, you pay 100% of the council tax bill. If you're a single person in a house, you pay 75% of the council tax bill. That seems a bit aggressive to me, especially as there's increasing numbers of single people knocking around. Um, Von shares, what would your plan be? That should be interesting. All right, Von. Okay, let's do this. My plan for solving the energy crisis would be, firstly, that the government um, massively subsidise, in fact, uh, start a campaign so that every roof in the country has a solar panel on it. Every single one. Every housing association roof, every uh, sheltered accommodation housing roof gets paid for by the government, right? Uh, and everyone who's in a private home has massively subsidised rates to have solar panels on their roofs. That will bring down a huge amount of energy dependence. It brings down a huge amount of the subsidy that the government has to give to things like um, biomass uh, power stations and building nuclear power stations. And it also creates a massive number of jobs and therefore millions of pounds in extra tax revenue. That would be my plan, or part of my plan. Now, uh, someone called Tor Million, I don't think that's the real name, says, I think instead of solar panels, there should be passive heating and efficiency. I don't know what passive heating is. Do feel like telling us or get in the comments if you want to, Tor Million. I think you probably mean having houses that don't leak heat in quite the same way. Yes, it'd be great to be efficient. Uh, Insulate Britain say we need to have more insulation. It's the cheapest and easiest thing to do. And not enough homes are properly insulated. That would bring down a loss of bills. Maybe that's something Rishi Sunak will be thinking about later on. She's back. Hooray. I can stop riffing. Uh, Liz says, I'm disabled and I live on my own. I'm very worried. Of course you are, Liz. Um, because as far as the government's concerned, you don't exist. So I'd be worried as well in your shoes. Um, now, Aletha, we were just saying, that talking about some of the, the various different options. Um, she's still there. She's gone again. <laughs> she's gone again. All right, I think this is the, the Westminster broadband that we have in the parliamentary office for the mirror. Um, and actually it applies throughout Westminster. It's such an old building and the, the Wi-Fi is so bad that um, the connections are appalling. If, seeing that's our state, the seat of our government, you'd think things would be a bit better. It's not Aletha's fault and it's not the Mirror's fault. This one is Parliament's fault, I'm afraid. Um, but maybe there is something that Rishi Sunak will come up with uh, later on this year and sort something out. Joseph Scaramanga Rowntree says, end the bedroom tax. That would be good, wouldn't it? Not to penalise people for having a spare room. Uh, and some of the very aggressive policies that came in under austerity in 2010, which haven't gone away, although we have stopped reporting things like the bedroom tax, it is still having an impact on people. Uh, now, keep asking your questions, everybody. 
let us know or let me know until Alitha gets back um, what you think is going to happen in the next few months. Are your energy bills going to go up? This survey is showing that people, 90% are already paying an extra uh, amount on there. She's back again. Hello. Sorry about that. I'll say, don't do that again. Um, now, very quickly, we were just talking about sort of energy measures and so on that the government might be introducing, solar panels, subsidies, things like this, something to ease the cost of living crisis, the energy crisis. Is anything like that going to we face the prospect of any of that coming in in the autumn? I mean, um, so there were some energy bosses that came to the House of Commons, I think, last week, and they were essentially calling on Rishi Sunak to introduce some sort of grant that will allow you know households to get a cut in their energy price, their energy bills that could be skyrocketing to as high as you know two thousand six hundred a month as of October, and then allow them to repay it back over a decade because they were highlighting you know the severity of these energy prices as something that they've never seen before in their lifetimes, and something that isn't going to be solved within the next few years, which is you know astonishing. Um, and all the time, meanwhile, you know, as these energy chiefs were highlighting their sort of strategies for this crisis, we also learned in that same session that the CEO of Bulb, uh, the energy company that's gone into administration, he's enjoying a taxpayer-funded salary of a quarter of a million pounds to essentially... You know, More than the Prime Minister, yeah. for having presided <laughs> yeah. over something that's done even worse than the Prime Minister's government. Exactly. All apparently to help customers, you know, transfer between different companies and set up their new direct debits and such. But nobody really has um, a solution to this. Uh, we've got a few months yet before things do get worse. But equally, um, it's just awful, you know, looking back at our exclusive poll and realising that, you know, 40% of the Brits surveyed in that Delta poll have acknowledged that they won't be going on holiday, they won't really be leaving their houses over summer. So essentially just putting themselves in some sort of mini lockdown in order to just pay their bills and have enough money to eat and, you know, have some hot water in the house. Yeah, which is why people are talking about recession, of course. Now, Mike says, has anyone had their £200 loan from Rishi yet? Mine hasn't arrived. And the end of that story there, Aletha, the Tories are saying, we've put a package of £22 billion in place to ease the crisis. If you've seen so much as a penny of that money, dear viewer, please let us know. Get in the comments because I haven't spotted it anywhere. I haven't spotted anyone who's had it either. I think it's not really cash in your pocket so much as uh, a rebate off your energy bill but still if you've had it marked on your energy bills and you've seen it somewhere then do let us know but labor is saying that now is the time for an emergency budget we can't wait until october come mm. to the dispatch box now rishi and put some measures in place but let's be fair to um mr sunak his view is that if all this is going to get worse in the autumn to leave it until the autumn because when perhaps prices will have stabilised a bit, things won't be so volatile, it's easier to see what can or should be done. But does that cut, he may or may not be right, Aletha, but is that going to cut any ice, do you think? It's just not good enough. Um, after his spring statement, he was going on you know, all of the TV rounds and saying, I can't solve everything, I can't help every household. And is that really the attitude to be taking when we're hearing? Again, I will repeat this, figure that will just not never fail to amaze me that 1.3 million Brits in 2022 are going to soon be plunged 
into absolute poverty. And our chancellor, one of the most powerful people in British politics is simply washing his hands and saying, well, not everyone can be helped. Um, yeah. it's the a man who's richer than the queen. Richer than the queen. Richer than the queen. Yeah, richer than the queen. Um, has done so much to hide, you know, stories about his his own uh, his own wealth, which is not a bad thing, and it's not terrible for people to be wealthy. But essentially, we do really need to do more to help people across the country because we can't be having people highlighting the fact that they might even be eating dog feed because they can't afford, you know food has, that's just been on the increase since inflation yeah. has skyrocketed last month. I don't know, dog food is pretty expensive. Um, <laughs> and if you look at the label, some of it's only 4% meat and that's stuff off the bottom of the factory floor. Mm. So, um, you know, be careful buying your dog food as well, everybody. Um, now, thanks for taking part, everyone, so far. There's been comments coming in about people who haven't even had their £150 rebate yet, about disabled people living alone and don't have the savings, they don't have the capacity for cutting their own bills, insulating solar panels, things like that, which we would all love to do if we could, but we can't. So you need to have some government help, and that has been massively cut in the past decade or so, as we were saying uh, when you were out of the room, Aletha. Now, we do have some other stories knocking around. Um, so keep asking us your questions. Let us know how you feel about the cost of living crisis. How is it affecting your outgoing so far? Are you worried it's going to hit worse? Do you think it's all just a flash in the pan and we're worrying about things unnecessarily? Do you think it'll be all right come Christmas? Let us know. But on page two, there is some hint that all this stuff the government's talking about is not going to cut much ice with his back benches. So over the weekend, it was reported that someone who has seen the Sue Gray report, an official, reckons the PM will have no choice but to resign once it's published. Of course, that is assuming he's capable of actually resigning and realising he's done something wrong. Um, there are apparently more than 40 letters, it's claimed, of no confidence are in with the 1922 committee, which needs somewhere towards the, the 54 they would need to trigger a leadership vote. And at least one MP, we're told, has written a post-dated letter of no confidence for after the local elections, which are in just 10 days' time. Now, there are 4,300-odd council seats up for grabs. And there are fears the Tories are going to lose anywhere between 200 to 800 of them. And that would be extraordinarily bad, Aletha. But can they really expect, with all these national problems going on, can the Tories really hope for anything else? Can they hope to only lose 200 seats? That seems very optimistic to me. Yeah, I mean, but it's been optimistic. You know, Boris's entire premiership is... The fact that he's been able to last so long, particularly you know since Christmas when these stories of Downing Street lockdown parties started emerging. Um, but yes, we do have a prime minister that's facing three official investigations because he has broken the rules that he set, allegedly. Um, and he has apparently misled Parliament on a number of occasions, according to opposition leaders. Um, and in the latest piece that our colleague Pippa Creer has published, essentially the Sea Grey inquiry is looking pretty damning. And we've got number 10 officials highlighting the fact, even to papers, right wing papers like The Times, that this inquiry is so damaging, he will have no choice but to resign. So even if he's been, you know, really stubborn and not even trying to think about the prospects of resignation, you know, these this inquiry could be pretty bad. Um, he's already received a fine, a fine for attending his own 56th 
birthday party, which is held in the cabinet room. Number 10 officials are already getting fined for attending this bring your own booze party that took place in May 2020. The Met Police are now saying that they're not going to be releasing any updates on who's getting fined. And obviously, we believe that the Prime Minister may have been at this BYOB party. So it can only get worse. I mean, he was expected to be at at least six out of 12 lockdown parties, Susie. I mean, we're hearing the likes of... In total alleged. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we've heard from, you know, Tory veterans like Steve Baker coming out and saying, your gig's up, it's just time to go. Whether he's already submitted his own letter of no confidence, we don't know. But the fact that figures like him are coming out and expressing their disgust in Boris Johnson's leadership, it can only sort of signpost where, you know, the public might be feeling and whether they will take Keir Starmer's advice and just send the Tories a message at the local elections and just vote for a different party, even if they did believe that Rishi Sunak apparently is doing the right thing and solving the cost of living crisis. But, you know, Partygate is not really going anywhere anytime soon. We're now, because of the Met Police's handling of how they've chosen to release updates it's only going to be a drip drip of you know notifications over the next few months you know leading into there was was not enough evidence for the police to investigate Aletha so it's bound to just take an extra year to actually issue fixed penalty notices for things we'd have got fixed penalty notices for in about five seconds flat now Mm. John says good morning John while I believe Boris Johnson should be held to account for Partygate is the time right now when we're in the middle of a cost of living crisis and the possibility of a third world war. Um, If you cast your mind back to 1940, John, the war had started a year earlier, six months earlier, uh, and we still switched prime ministers. And we were actually at war at that point in time. We're about to endure the blitz. Uh, We're not actually physically at war ourselves at the moment. We haven't declared war on anybody. Um, uh, Boris Johnson is doing quite well with Ukraine. It's got to be said, even his detractors would say that. But, um, you know, Ben Wallace is prime minister, Tom Tugendhat is prime minister. Would a British, any British prime minister do any different other than Jeremy? Thank goodness it's not him. Um, and also, Susie, just on that, I mean, what is the government actually doing to solve the cost of living crisis currently? <laughs> they have no clue. So even if we were to suddenly have a leadership challenge, it could actually be welcome because somebody else might be saving some of their ideas for when the time comes for them to actually rise to the challenge, you know. Now, PJ is cynical and says, is the briefing about the contents of the Sue Gray report a case of expectations management? Who knows? Who knows, PJ? But I very much doubt that Boris's chums have seen the Sue Gray report yet. Mm. So possibly not, I would suggest. Um, But there's there's a knock-on effect for all this, all this national stuff. Um, I mean, the Prime Minister is obviously doing what, uh, sorry, I've forgotten the name of our previous uh, commenter there said, I think it was Mike, but said, um, should we remove a a Prime Minister when we've got these crises going on? That's exactly the kind of game he's playing, isn't it? By just Mm. knocking this can further down the road, hoping that politics and events happen and intercede and he can look good doing something else so that we don't have this discussion anymore. But when they have the local elections and however many councillors the Tories will lose and they will lose a chunk of them, they have also lost party activists, people who go out on the doorstep. They've lost a lot of grassroots confidence from people who will go, it was Boris Johnson, it was the cost of living, whatever it was, that was the reason we lost our seats. And they won't want to go out for for that Tory government, perhaps, at the next general election. So while... You know, you can say, as they will, I'm sure, that a mid-term local election is 
fairly blah and they're always bound to lose it. Actually, mm. what they've lost is the people who fight the general election for them. Absolutely. Big difference. They've now, been embarrassed to have him on their local election campaigns. I mean, really, the prime minister should be everywhere. Somebody like Boris is such a character. He'd be keen to just be... Yeah, his lines and... people keep talking about him being sort of electoral, you know, catnip for people. Mm. But he hasn't been out in public, in front of the public, since Partygate broke. Mm. I think he's supposed to be going out the campaign trail this week, isn't he? I would love to see how many eggs and milkshakes come his way or just flat-out abuse. We'll have to see. I think he's probably beyond the point of milkshakes. Now, Herbie says, why do people keep saying we need to keep Boris as we are in the middle of a cost-of-living crisis? The crisis has been created by the Tories. For many folk, there's been a cost of living crisis for over a decade. It's now only now the middle class are being hit. You have got it completely on the money, mm. Herbie. That is 100% accurate. Congratulations, well done. You are going to get the final news agenda mug that I've got sitting in my box downstairs. So uh, slide into my DMs, please. Have a look at, uh, look me up on Facebook, right? Susie Fleet Street, Fox Boniface. Give me your address. I'm sending you the final mug because you've managed a better bit of analysis there than either Aletha or I have managed this morning. But it is Monday. Give us a break. Um, now, uh, keep asking us your questions. What do you think about cost of living crisis, the energy crisis, how are we going to solve all this? How do you think the local elections are going to be looking for Boris? Should we replace him? Should we not replace him? Uh, it's all there to be discussed. But first off, there is a bit of good news in the world. Uh, and here it is. Now, just about everyone who knows me has had their ear bent at some point about nuclear test veterans. But today, there's some good news, at least for another group of veterans, the men of Bomber Command. Now, despite losing half their number, about 55,000 men, average age 22, during bombing raids in World War II, they've been denied official recognition for decades. They were refused a special medal clasp by a Whitehall committee, which yours truly revealed was corrupted by energy officials just a few weeks ago. And they only got a memorial, a Hyde Park corner, when the public raised £5.6 million to build the damn thing. Um, but now they are getting a cinema documentary using remastered footage from the inside of the Lancaster bombers to tell their story. Now, Aletha, this is great news for those who survive because they're going to get their stories and their experiences out into all the hearts and minds of people who have no idea perhaps what the Lancasters achieved during the war. But all these forms of recognition, I suppose, are a little bit late for those who are already gone. Do you think they were being ignored because the government was embarrassed about dropping bombs or because they were embarrassed about losing half the air crews? It just It's quite astonishing that we're having to celebrate these heroes getting a film tribute. It's something that we should be celebrating all the time. I think we should you know, be highlighting much more of their achievements, you know, throughout the year as we would, you know, with other um, remarkable things. And, you know, whether they were embarrassed about, you know, the handling of things, um, it's, it's unknown, but equally, we're just not doing enough to help them. These veterans are struggling, you know, with their own sort of poverty crisis, struggling with housing and such. They really shouldn't have to be shouting around and fundraising for their own, you know, memorials and things. It's ridiculous. Well, it's Veterans UK, isn't it? Mm, Which is yeah. the agency that deals with war pensions and veterans issues and stuff, which has had terrible cutbacks and is also doing terribly badly. I heard over the weekend about a widow who's been waiting five years 
about just for a hearing about a widow's wall painting, which they're now talking about throwing out because it's taken too long. Not her fault. Yeah. Veterans UK's fault. Disgraceful organisation. Now, um, Nicholas says, but well done for the, the men of Bomber Command. At least you're getting your, your cinema documentary. That's great news. Now, Nicholas says, I'm a single disabled parent. I had to stop working due to declining health. My mortgage has already increased by £80 a month. My utilities have gone up by £70 a month. That's without the increase in fuel and food. Where do I find all this extra money when I'm already living frugally? There are real fears, aren't there, Aletha, that people, there's going to be thousands of lives lost to this in the long run. Never mind people who are going to be rendered homeless, people who are going to just not be able to get, have their homes repossessed and so on. Are we? When we what kind of era are we talking about? going back to you mentioned victorian times there but are we talking about you know early 80s recession 90s recession what kind of scale are we on yeah i mean it could be pretty bad as you say um many lives could be lost and mental health is already on the decline because of those the covid lockdowns we had to go through um and now things are going to get even worse people have been fearing about you know living in spiraling debt even before bills increased earlier this month um, and you know we've got as many as you know I think 500,000 Brits worried that they'll be paying at least 40% towards um, energy bills on top of their own like personal debt it's just remarkable um, where these people are going to get help from we don't know and also we've got a health system that's already struggling with you know people's mental health and people's you know health in general where where this is going it could it could be pretty bleak to be honest yeah. we have to wait and see if you do need help please reach out to people and tell someone what's going on uh, and and try to get the help please don't take it all on yourselves everybody uh, now mike says when the gray report finally eventually drops does anyone expect johnson to say anything other than while i fully accept the findings of the report i still didn't think i was breaking any rules no Mike, I think that's exactly what he's going to do. I think that's he's going to say it was just a party and Ukraine and Putin and cost of living, something else. He's going to pull a rabbit out of the hat, do something else. But we'll wait and see, won't we? Now, if you want to see uh, the Lancaster Bomber documentary, it will be, it's called Lancaster and it is in the cinemas from May 27th. So do try to pop along and see it. If there's anybody out there who wants to make a documentary about nuclear test veterans, get in touch because they deserve their chance of that as well. Um, if you're listening after on podcast, please leave us a review because it helps other people find us. Thank you, Aletha, for taking part. Thank you, everyone, for your questions. Uh, good luck with everything that's going to come down the road at the rest of us, Britain, in the next few weeks and months. But we'll see you again on Wednesday for another edition of the News Agenda. Thanks very much, everyone. Bye bye. <laughs>